Previously on our podcast. No. Oh, previously on Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast. Now the other morning, I woke up, opened my elephant curtains, and I saw a man hanging about outside at the front of the house. I put my glasses on, and I saw that it was Paul Diana. He was stood by the gate, wearing his leather jacket, but he also had some shorts on from the 1980s. He explained that he wanted me to go jogging with him. I think that was the same day he spilled pop on his Amstrad. I never spilled pop on his Amstrad. We've had this discussion. I didn't spill pop on his Amstrad. I think he did. I think it was black corn. So it was like, I remember the smell on the keyboard. You smelt the keyboard? Yeah, it smelled nice. Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden one by one, and see how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I'm now on the Somewhere in Time album, and today I'm looking at The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner, which is track 5 on the Somewhere in Time album, and the first track on side 2. Last week, I looked at Heaven Can Wait, and I had some feedback as usual. Most people were pleased that Trevor was back, and I had a mixture of relief and excitement in the comments. I feel that this is the sort of reaction that Iron Maiden will get when they release their next non-live album. So this is good. The return of Adrian Smith's book had similar comments and relief. And uh, there wasn't even any remarks from Goldie Wilson complaining. So this is also good. I had a message from Leela who said she was surprised that I didn't mention that Heaven Can Wait was also a film. A bit like a lot of Steve Harris's titles or songs. Uh, So yeah, I didn't mention that. But I didn't think it was totally relevant. Um, but, uh, you know, there's only so much time I've got in these shows. But she's quite correct. And occasionally, when I do omit a fact, it might because I'm holding it back for the album review show special, which is at the end of the series. But thanks for your comment anyway. I had a message from Harry Sullivan, and he said that you can buy boxes of Blamange in Tunbridge Wells. So this is exciting because someone asked that last week, didn't they? If you could still get them. Now, I'm not sure if Harry Sullivan lives in Tunbridge Wells, or maybe he's heard a rumour. But, uh, yeah, if you live in Tunbridge Wells, you can access Blamond's boxes. So this is interesting. So thank you for that. At the start of the show, I said what the song title was, and I'll say it again. It's The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. It's quite a long title, isn't it? Uh, Maybe I should count the letters. I might edit this so I don't have the time where I'm spending counting them. I make it 36 letters, but I haven't written it down to do this. I've just done it in my head, so I I admit there could be a mistake here. But 36 letters in a song, that's quite a lot, isn't it? It might be the longest title so far. Maybe in Iron Maiden's career. Although, as they went on, they did get longer songs and longer titles. So I won't be surprised if there is a song with more than 36 letters in it. And I know there's some academics out there who might question this. They might say, that, what about the spaces in between? Does that count as as a letter? Uh, because if you use word count on uh, documents, sometimes it includes spacing, doesn't it? The song title might be funner in a strange way, but it's actually the title of a short story by Alan Sillitoes. And this was made into a film in the 1960s, so you might know it from that instead of the book, because sometimes books are made into films, and maybe you've seen one or the other. If you want to sound clever, then say you haven't seen the film, but you've read the book. That's what I do sometimes. So if someone says they've seen the film Lord of the Rings, sort of poo-poo them a bit and say, well, I haven't seen the film, uh, but I've read the books. 
and then they'll maybe respect you more. Um, it doesn't always work though, because if if you pretend you haven't seen the film Back to the Future, I don't believe it is a book. So you have to be careful with this trick. Steve Harris wrote this song, and that might not be a surprise because it's the title of a book or a film, and he's turned it into a song. Sometimes the songs he writes aren't about the book or the film; they just use that title. Some are more than others, like we've had Quest for Fire and The Duelists. I don't think they relate to the film as much as maybe To Tame a Land does about June, which is actually a book and a film. So the loneliness of the long-distance runner is a story about a long-distance runner who is lonely. There's a bit more to it than that. Um, it's about a youth who uh, comes from a working-class troubled background and spends a bit of time in Borstal because he gets mixed up in some petty crimes. He's quite good at sport, though, particularly long-distance running, and this gets him some favours from the governor, gets some privileges which other boys don't get. And he doesn't like this because he sees the inequality in the system. Near the end of the film, or book, he runs this race, which is winning quite easily because he's obviously good at long-distance running. But then he stops before the finishing line because just to defy the governor. He doesn't want to be given those privileges while other people suffer. So it's one of those strange 1960s black and white films that maybe isn't as straightforward as films today. You have to think a bit more. A bit like those black and white 60s French films that Trevor likes. A lot of people read into the, the song as a sort of metaphor for touring, um, the loneliness while touring long distances. Maybe it's about that, where the running is like the gigging, uh, like an escape from real life or society, and how it affected the band. They've got to keep the pace of touring. We heard similar themes in Wasted Years, didn't we? I Maiden were still in their late 20s when they recorded this album, and when Steve Harris wrote this song. So you might think, well, the young lads living the dream, going out touring, seeing the world. Um, but realistically, they're young people, and this repetition, it probably affected their well-being and mental health. And this has been revealed later on, particularly with Adrian discussing the period. Despite these claims that it might be about the process of touring, I can't see Steve saying it's all so futile, like the lyrics say. I don't think he'd say that about touring. I think he knows it's important. It opens side two, and the intro is very nice. It's got this delicate guitar part. It reminds me a bit of the vocal melody in verse one of Fear of the Dark. When I listen to them back to back, Obviously, they're quite different. But when I hear Fear of the Dark, I do think of the opening to the loneliness of the long-distance runner. So even though it isn't the same, and I maybe look foolish for suggesting it, you can sing the lyrics to Fear of the Dark to the tune of this intro. I am a man who walks alone, and when I'm walking a dark road... A bit like that. Although, now I do sing that, it reminds me more of the tune to It's a Sin by the Pet Shop Boy. Let's hear how they sound together. So there you go. That's interesting. Quite similar. I wonder if Steve Harris will sue the pet shop boy. In that intro, there's this odd note um, that almost changes the key. I think that's the technical term. 
um, because it could just repeat the same bit over and over again. And I think we'd accept this. But that strange, almost offbeat note, um, that's probably not how you say it, is it? Because offbeat will be drumming. Um, anyway, that mysterious note gives it that unusual feel. And we've seen this in Tamer Land and Power Slave, where we get that Eastern flavour because of it. As you can imagine, the song's about running, and therefore travel. So, on other Iron Maiden songs, we've heard that gallop, haven't we, to represent it. But actually, I find, even though there is that sort of feel in the music, there's a bit of a running rhythm in the vocal, this sort of urgent energy. I'm not sure you could run a long distance while hearing this song, because it's six and a half minutes long. So you'd need to listen to it nearly twice before you'd run a mile. If you run a marathon, then you'd have to listen to it 50 times or more. And uh, you might get fed up with this. Maybe I'll do an Iron Maiden marathon playlist, where if I do decide to run a marathon, I can listen to about 50 Iron Maiden songs with running themes. So they'd be like running free, run silent, run deep. Um, and, and this song... Uh, yeah. Maybe not so many running songs, is there? But yeah, any like the Trooper with that sort of urgent feel to them. My own running career has had mixed results. You might expect me to mention the Egg and Spoon race at my school sports day, where I won it despite forgetting my PE kit. But I'm not going to mention that in this episode. This was short distance. I preferred longer distance because you could jog all the way through it and still do quite well, even if your top speed wasn't that fast. Eventually, we used to do cross-country running at big boys' school and we'd go out on the street and through the local park. I remember once trying to show off and sprinting into the lead, which surprised people. Everyone else was sort of jogging at a canter, of course. I was leading for quite a while, but normally I was used to following somebody ahead of me so I knew which way to go. So, after a time, I realised I hadn't been listening to where the teacher said we had to go. So when we got to this tree, I turned left towards the classroom and then I realised the rest of the class carried on towards the playing fields and all laughing at me. After that, I lost interest. I suppose this was long distance running and I did feel lonely because of this incident. Despite this, Iron Maiden and this song didn't help me deal with it because when I thought about them, I just imagined Steve Harris smiling in his luxury Puma sportswear while I just sat there wearing Gola trainers. Talking of sportswear, recently I went on a picnic with Paul Diana and this was featured in the Wasted Years episode. Now, I don't reveal everything we spoke about when I edit it and put it in the shows. And during that picnic, we also had a chat about this song, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. This happened after we'd eaten our marmalade sandwiches and Mars bars and finished our cans of Coke. Once Portiano had conscientiously cleared all the litter away in a large sack he'd bought, we then turned to this song and had a chat about it. Here's what we discussed. Well, also on this album, you've got The Loneliness of a Long Distance Runner. I mean, I can relate to that. What, what do you mean? You've time travel? Yeah, that's it. You get lonely, don't you? Travelling through time, no one else is doing it. Can't really talk to anyone about it. Mm. Mm. And time is beyond distance. I mean, you can do 100 metres in 10 seconds. But in that time, I can go 100 years. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, so you, you quite like the song? Well, it's all right. Uh, I think it was written about me, though, because uh, I used to go for rands when the band was touring. 
Uh, yeah, we had that time between sound check and a gig. And then, yeah, of course, my disappearances, they caused rumours. But I was actually running. Steve knew about it. I told him it was my way of dealing with being away from home. Uh, you, you call it a de-stress in your time. It was nice to be alone, though, while I was running. Away from the press and the band meetings and games of Monopoly. Nobody recognised me jogging without my leather gear. With just these shorts. And a vest. And that's why the song is on the album. I remember, it's also futile. That was something I said on the Killers tour. So, yeah, uh, another quote of mine. And I haven't been properly credited for it. Uh, well, me in the future, that is. I've had a few people ask, uh, based on this time travel, um, why now you've gone back and fixed it? Hasn't the Paul Jano we know in his current time changed and maybe improved in his background and health? Yeah, my intention was to sort of do better for myself, wasn't it, to, to get those royalties fixed. I think some people think I haven't learned anything, but I always go on that famous quote, to get back one's youth, one has merely to repeat one's follies. What, so you just make the same mistakes to feel young again? Yeah, that's it. So who said that then? That was Lord Henry, weren't it, in Picture of Dorian Gray? The instrumental passage has changes in it, which you'd expect from an Iron Maiden song. But if you imagine a long-distance runner, or me doing cross-country running in my teens, those changes in pace or tone reflect like the change of terrain in the run. That drum roll bit might be like skipping over a puddle before you get back on track. I've talked about songs being good soundtracks for running before, but unlike Phantom of the Opera, I wouldn't recommend this song to listen to while running for the bus because of that long-distance emphasis. This song has only been played live once, and this is strange. We've had some songs that have never been played live, and that seems okay, because maybe they just didn't work. But the fact that it's only been played once and then never played again is very strange. Perhaps they realised that the song didn't work, it was played on the first night of the Somewhere On Tour in Belgrade. It was the third song in the set, between Two Minutes to Midnight and Children of the Damned. The next night, in Zagreb, it was replaced by Sea of Madness. And that was it. Gone. I can't think why the song wouldn't work live. Um, I mean, if they'd rehearsed it for the tour and then gave it up after one night, that's really strange. Maybe the fans reacted badly. Maybe because it was longer and Sea of Madness. It meant that the set went over the time limit and the people at the venue got angry, so they got rid of it for that reason. Maybe during the song, Nico was upset with the drum sound and he was just banging away, trying to get it right, and then, in a fit of rage, threw himself through the drum kit and fell down the steps onto the stage. Yeah, there's all sorts of reasons why this could have happened, but luckily, I've got footage of this gig. And let's see if one of my theories about what happened was correct. What's she doing? The song isn't simply about running on and on. 
like it suggests in the chorus. There's more to it than this. And I don't just mean about the gigging link. You could relate the principles of this song into anything because it's talking about succeeding and carrying on regardless of what's happening around you. The dedication, the training, the runners going on um, despite the elements, despite the external factors. Maybe that's something we can relate to. Even when the miles never seem to end, like it says in the lyric, and it all seems so futile, you can still achieve things with determination. You can keep on running your race, chasing that dream, doing your podcast. But unlike the character in this film, I'm not going to stop near the end and just wait there like he did before the finishing line. I'm going to finish this series with Alexander the Great. I'm not just going to sit there waiting after Deja Vu, just leaving you. That's good news, isn't it? I think it's a great song. It's not an obvious choice from this album or an obvious choice from the list of songs in the 1980s. But if this is seen as a lesser song, then the album must be very good. If I was going to compare this to the lesser songs on Power Slave, I'd say that this is better. I've mentioned before about it being quite wordy. 36 letters. And therefore, it's got quite a wordy line in the chorus because Bruce says the title, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. And that might be awkward, but it doesn't sound out of place. So this is good. Right, I'm going to give Trevor a ring now. Let's see what he's been up to. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, quite a good mood. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. I've enjoyed having the extra privileges, like the character and the loneliness of the long-distance runner. Yeah, well, that's that's fine. I mean, if you want to see me as the governor, then I accept that. Well, I didn't mean that. I meant, like, having the intro to this episode and doing the Thursday takeover. I think people have enjoyed it. Yeah, I've had some good comments about that uh, and the poem. Uh, there were some concerns beforehand. Luckily, they, they came just before the show went out, so I didn't get to discuss them with you. But, uh, yeah, Andrew Whitnell uh, was a bit disappointed with the previous one, but he was very relieved to see that the one in Heaven Can Wait was, was better. So, uh, well done. Thank you. Again, you were lucky because a day after our crisis talks, uh, there was a tweet from Uncle Steve asking where he could send his resume, so clearly he was keen to take your place. Well, yeah, I, I thought he'd be sniffing around. But he, he wondered where to send the resume. Yeah. Well, uh, you just write your name on a letter and send it. Doesn't he know that yet? Well, yeah, maybe. And it seems to work for you, by the sound of it. So, anyway, thoughts on Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner? Yeah, I like it. I uh, like the... F- Line about runover styles across fields. You don't have many styles in rock lyrics. Doing that reminds me of orienteering with the scouts. And then more recently, going on country walks with Pamela. Do you want to hear something funny that we do? Uh, yeah, go on then. When we do these walks and we go through a kissing gate, we stop and kiss before we carry on. OK, I'm not sure I need to know that. Um... We had some female fans of the show who were sad that you had a girlfriend, but I think most people wish you well and congratulate you. Uh, so that's good. Just to let you know that I'm still single. Ah, oh, didn't Fiona Gregory get in touch after I sent her a Valentine's card from you? No, no, she didn't. Anyway, I, I imagine your handwriting would have put her off. 
Do you write Pamela love notes? I don't think she'd appreciate your scruffy writing. No, I don't need to. If I want to write her a note, I just trace the words down her back with my fingernail. Okay, maybe let's get back to the song. Yeah, well, I like the song because it says to keep going and carry on and then you'll get the glory. And that's what I did. And now I've got the glory in poetry and now in a love relationship. Okay, well, that's that's good. Um, I'm glad the poem's going well. Obviously, we'll have one of those later and the, the blog post was good too. So, yeah, it's nice to see you've got those ideas. Yeah, well, Pamela says that I run around full of ideas. Perhaps you should take life at five times the average speed like I do. What do you mean? I've got ideas. I mean, this podcast was my idea. Where would you be now without it? Uh, thanks to this, you've published a book, got a girlfriend. Anyway, last week you said that you can't wait for the record shops to open. Um, and when this episode's released, they'll be open. So have you got any artists or albums in mind? Is this one of your three questions? No, actually, they're, they're later. Maybe I should have used that one. Oh, well, well, Pamela says I should get the new Taylor Swift album. Oh, Pamela says, Pamela says. Why are you telling me your list of albums to the tune of the Ides of March? Is this Pamela's influence? No, I can't afford that many LPs to make a list like that. Oh, uh, yeah, well, got to spend your money on a girl now. No, um, maybe you can meet her soon. Yeah, maybe. Can we come round and do the show next week if you have the window open and we wear masks? I don't, I don't think that's appropriate. Why not? Well, there's not enough space. We won't be able to distance, and I haven't got enough microphones. And I don't, I don't think Pamela should just get on the show just because you say. All right. Anyway, let's let's do these three questions. So yeah, I asked you one about albums from the record shop, um, but yeah, that wasn't one of the three. So yeah, three questions. Can I have a jingle for this bit? Uh, well, I haven't done one, but uh, so I can't just come up with one now. Ah, uh, well, shall I do one? No, let's just do the three questions. I think there's enough jingles. No, there's not now. Just okay. Just calm down. Right, I've got three questions. Right. Question one: Do you feel lonely? I suppose you don't anymore now with Pamela. Well, I still feel lonely. I think a lot of people do, especially after the pandemic. I read recently that one in fourteen people have felt lonely in the last year, and that might not sound many, but it is. If you think about all the houses down the street and all the people living in it, that's quite a lot of people. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, I was expecting you just to say no, like last week. No, well, it's an important question. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Maybe you should admit you're lonely. OK, question two. Uh, what was your favourite event at the school sports day? Oh, well, that would be the sack race. The sack race? Yeah. I used to like smelling the sacks. It was good. I was good at jumping. Eventually, I learned that you had to jump forwards to do well in the race. Well, yeah. Well, but a sack race isn't a track and field event, is it? It's not in the Olympics. OK, well, you asked me about the sports day, and the sack race was there. Like the obstacle course, and that's not in the Olympics. All right, calm down. Uh, question three. Is this the best Steve Harry song on the album? You asked that last week. Um... Um, I suppose the answer's the same. I think Caught Somewhere in Time is the best Steve Harris song so far. OK, that's good. Thanks for that. Uh, hopefully that's kept people pleased. Uh, I don't expect loads of comments about that. But uh, anyway, let's let's go on to your poem. Let's see if you uh, can keep the momentum up. 
Huh, a bit like a long distance runner would. Trevor? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, would, would you want me to laugh? No, not really. Just uh, think you were still there. Maybe you should do canned laughter on the show. Because you say it's comedy. Um, people might not realise. Maybe if you put that fake laughter in, it would make people laugh as well. No, I don't think so. I think that makes it sound a bit fake. No, they do it on Friends. I've been watching it with Pamela. All right. Don't keep going on about Pamela. Yeah, they, they do episode titles where it says The One With and then it's got like some quirky thing like The One With Joey. He's a character in it. I don't think there's an episode just called The One With Joey because I think he's in most episodes. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know what they are. But maybe you should do that. Maybe you should have The One With The Pterodactyl Mark so people will know not to listen. Or The One With The Poetry Jewel. Maybe you should rebrand your episode titles. No. I don't want to do that. I've noticed you mentioned the two episodes that have caused the most uproar. Just the name of the song is sufficient. People know what I'm talking about. There's a bit of a summary. I think the episode title's fine, thank you. Look, you've been given extra privileges um, after the incident. Um, you'll, no, you'll no show. As, maybe that I'll call it that one. The one where Trevor didn't turn up. No, that's silly. That'd be negative. You know, look, poem, please. Okay. Burning ambition, the starting pistol, the race has just begun. Another lap, another tour, another classic album. But now you're buying cords from Burton's and your hair has started thinning. There won't be a finish line. Your music is always winning. Okay, well, I'm guessing that's about Iron Maiden or Steve Harris. Yeah, I'm telling him not to worry. Um... Because maybe he feels that the finishing line's getting close. Maybe he's getting too old for it. But he doesn't have to worry about winning because the music will always be there. OK, that's a nice sentiment. Um, again, the poem yeah, is all right, I suppose. I, I'm no critic. I don't think Steve Harris would buy chords from Burton's. I think we all have to eventually. Can't wear jeans forever. Why not? Don't know. You have to wear slacks when you're 50. And we're not far off 50, are we? Well, we've got a few years yet, thank you. OK, well, thanks anyway, Trevor. Uh, good to speak to you. And uh, next week we've got Stranger in a Strange Land, so that'll be good, uh, the next single. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, OK. So, same again next week? Yeah, I'll uh, give you a call on Sunday, 2.30. OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye. OK, you can follow me on social media. Uh, just look for Wayne's Iron Maiden podcast and uh, yeah, I'll appear. I'm also on Ko-Fi. I've got a page there, ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. And as mentioned earlier, Trevor does a Thursday takeover now. His last post uh, was about the uh, bottle tops on the Trooper that are coming out soon, with the singles covers. So that's exciting. I wonder what he's got in store this week. I've had a message from someone called La Acida 666 i uh, probably pronounced that wrong. And she's from Colombia. And she says she really enjoys the podcast and she was looking for something fun and informative from my favourite band, which is Iron Maiden, and to keep practising her English. So she's glad she found me. So that's good. We've had someone else from South America saying about practising their English using my podcast. So that's really nice. She also says, oh, and say hola to Trevor for me, please. He's hilarious as well. He, he. I think hola means hello, so uh, I didn't say that to him, so I'm sorry about that, but I will do, privately. I also had a message from Kirsty Prince, 
who says she spat a tea out when I did the drums last week, when I tapped out the part to Passchendaele on a tub of Pringles. Now, I don't know if this is a normal reaction from somebody in Australia. Um, I think sometimes people do this when they find something funny, but uh, I thought my effort was quite serious. I hope it wasn't Yorkshire tea, because that's one of my favourites, and it'll be a waste. Well, that's another good song for the album, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. And next week, we've got Stranger in a Strange Land, and that's the next single as well, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. I can confirm that Adrian Smith will be doing another reading as well, so hopefully you'll listen for that, if nothing else. So thank you for listening, and hopefully I'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye.